it's another episode of Doable Discipleship. Can you believe it? Happy Tuesday, y'all. <laughs> what a delightful greeting from Jason. Why not? <clears throat> I'm tired. Welcome one and all to Doable Discipleship. My name's Doug Jones. That over there is Jason Wheeland. Yeah. Uh, we don't have time to mess around today because we got ground to cover. No time. We got lots <clears throat> of important stuff. Uh, but before we do that, you should know what this is. This is Doable Discipleship, which is a Saddleback Church podcast and YouTube show. I've said that enough times, I should be able to nail it by now. Yeah, sure. Anyway, and it's designed to help you deepen your friendship with God, or as we like to call it, the show that helps you grow. <laughs> that gets um, longer every time you do you it. You gotta change it up every time. <laughs> you gotta spice it up somehow. Yeah. Okay, in this episode, guys, we are beginning a three-part series addressing some common myths that you may have heard about uh, God, the Bible, and the Christian life itself. So these are probably phrases that you may have heard of, and maybe you think, that isn't the Bible. Or maybe you think, I have no idea if that's in the Bible. We're gonna uh, go through and bust some myths, mm-hmm. guys. Um and, and as we go through the series, if you think of any myths that need to be debunked, comment below, write to us at maturityatsalaback.com, and uh, we just might bust this thing in a future episode. That is maturityatsalaback.com. Did I is say the email differently? Yeah. Did I say it right? I don't know. Okay. Maybe you did. Let's intro our guest. <laughs> to help us bust today's myths, we're going to be joined by our, our friend, the pastor of ministry at Saddleback Church. His name's Kevin Wynn. <clears throat> he's a really great dude. I think he's going to be a lot of fun to talk to. Mm-hmm. He's going to help us uh, bust the chops of these myths today, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, you'll meet him in just a moment, so please, whatever you do, for heaven's sake, don't go away. Kevin, thanks for being here, dude. Hey, man. Glad to be here with you guys. Um, you know, I just got back from Manila, so I'm like That's half right. asleep right now. Well, excited to have <laughs> you. Thanks for coming all the way just for this show. Hey, it was that important to me. I just I wanted to be here. It. It's also my 100th day in my new leadership role here. Wow. Bravo. Yeah, well, I they think haven't we'd fired all... me yet. Well, well, yet is the operative term, right? <laughs> Kevin, what's your deal, man? What do you do? What are you about? My uh, wife asks me that every day. She still asks me, what do I do? She says, what's your deal? <laughs> what's your deal, man? <laughs> what's your deal? What's your stick? All right, so uh, been here at Saddleback Church for all, over six years now. Uh, wow. I was a former campus pastor in, in the Irvine area. Mm-hmm. Uh, came from a church plant. And then uh, this past Easter, uh, Pastor Rick asked me to join the to be the pastor of ministry. That's our 301 purpose. Um, And so I've had a lot of fun times doing that for the last 100 days. Uh, Haven't fired anybody, haven't hired anybody, so we're still good. Hey, you still got friends. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, we haven't haven't done anything major yet. Getting a good report on your first 100 days. (laughs) Yes, just just even keel, just being cool. That's it, man. I'm just trying to stay alive. And I'm sure that'll never change. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, but um, but enjoying it, um, being able to mobilize and build up our our lay leaders to mm-hmm. be able to find ways to activate them and serve out their purpose in this church. Basically, I tell people when they ask me what I do, it's I find ways to make people become better versions of themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, That's great. To find purpose in Jesus Christ, and through that, uh, hopefully, with the gift of the, the Spirit gives them. Mm. Uh, to do the best they can for the church and build up the kingdom of God. Yeah, turn them loose. Yeah, let them go. Yeah, yeah, that's good. (laughs) Well, today you're going to be helping us crack some myths that really need to be busted, some things that a lot of people just believe that aren't true, things that they, assumptions they've got about the Christian faith, what the Bible teaches. So today you're going to help us break another three myths. 
So this is our first. Three oh yeah, this, this is, is our first. first one. I forgot. Yes, yes, we didn't we're record just, these out of order at all. No. So so we figured, hey, we're starting this series. We need to call in the big guns. Oh, yeah. is that what so it is? We're okay. breaking yeah. some to eviscerate myths. these myths. Honestly, when you emailed me, and I thought look, one of my favorite shows is MythBusters. Yeah. Oh, I've yeah. been to the MythBuster show. I did one in LA and I saw it, but I literally thought we were going to come on here and basically take out my cell phone and does it really explode if you like, you know, go near a gas station, gas station. <laughs> and which is it's it's false guys false it yep. doesn't, that, was, that, that was busted yeah, so sure. um am i busting any myths today am we're I, gonna bust some myths are we blowing things up we should have had in jason way, in like the the uh jamie's I told walrus Doug mustache to come dressed as adam and jamie when we <laughs> absolutely did and i could be that other asian guy <laughs> oh, what's his name what's his name what's his name grant grant his name was yes. grant grant i'm just a better looking version of grant shout out we're to fans grant. of the show hey grant all right anyway let's uh let's start cracking these myths shall we Thanks for the feedback. <laughs> Moving yep. in. Myth number one. I'll put this guy I'll put this to you guys and then you guys can blow it up. We are all God's children. Man, I th- you're gonna give me a softball question. That's a that's a that's a big that's a big question there. <laughs> it's a big one. Um you wanna go first or I go first? Sure. So we can talk about <laughs> this and it's gonna be a totally conversational about it. But Guys, so you may have heard that we were all God's children. Esmeralda sang about it in Hunchback of Notre Dame. <laughs> it's um we need to clarify some things about this, okay? <laughs> the Bible teaches that all human beings are God's creation, but not all are his children. God loves the whole world, but only those who have been born again are a part of his family. So only people who have given their lives to Christ are considered children of God. God has adopted them into his family, and that's an important distinction. So uh, to re- to recap that, we are all creatures of God. We are all created by God. God loves everybody, but there's a difference between uh, being loved by God and created by God and being a child of God. A good point. I mean, I, as I was listening through this, it, the Bible is pretty clear on a couple things. When we when we didn't know God or when we were broken by sin, I mean, there's a, a list of names that God calls people who aren't child of God. I mean, mm-hmm. children of wrath. Mm-hmm. And the Bible talks about depraved and crooked generation, um, or those who are um, uh, disobedient. Uh, yeah. you, you got a whole list of things like, hey, that doesn't sound like child of God. But right. sometimes when I'm in church, I think last week we sung this song, like, I am a child of God. Everybody's singing it. Song. It's a powerful song. And, and sometimes I feel like that, and I'm glad you're doing this, this myth, myth buster is that, hey, are you really a child of God um, if you don't claim to be a child of God? Are, are you really mm-hmm. that child who... who Basically abandons the father, mm-hmm. who says, "I don't, I don't, I don't really know you, God. I don't even care about you, God. I don't, I don't know. That doesn't really describe child to me, yeah. Yeah. because it's a relationship that goes both ways." Yeah. What do you guys, what do you guys say to the idea? Because I, th- I think what I could hear someone thinking, or someone who uh, maybe is kind of on the outskirts of Christianity, is kind of just trying to get handles on things. Doesn't that sound like an exclusive mentality? Like, oh, you're, you're making a us them distinction between those who are children of God and those who are not. How would you guys tackle that? Do you think? I think I think the big takeaway, and I think this kind of bleeds into the doables a little bit, is that we is God wants everyone to be a part of His family. Mm-hmm. He, he He has extended that gift of grace to everybody who is mm-hmm. willing to take it, who is willing to 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 accept Christ as their Savior. Yeah. And so it's it's not exclusive in the sense that you can't only you can. Right. It's it's exclusive in the sense that that there are those who have accepted and those who have not. Yeah. And I think, I, I just, I absolutely love 
the imagery here of adoption and of God adopting us mm. into his family. Is he saying is he saying I want you and then it's it's on us to say I want you too. I want you as my father. Yeah. And there's something, it's just, it's very powerful to think about. And so, and when we talk about things that come with being a child of God too, it means that we're an heir with, a co-heir with Christ. It means that we receive the inheritance with Christ. There's so much involved in being a part of God's family. And uh, we could do a whole episode on that. And maybe we will sometime. Yeah. But it's, it's powerful. Yeah. And just going off what Jason said is there, there is a response. I mean, God has a desire and I think he does. He has a desire to adopt to yeah. want to love everybody. I mean, it's his own creation. But there's that actual, that human response. That that response says, yeah, I do too. Yeah. I want you too. It's like, uh, I think in Romans 1, it talks about like, hey, look, hey, if they don't want it, so then fine. God said, okay, you right. have it your way. And I think mm-hmm. Pastor Rick says that all the time. Yeah, like, totally. if you want it your way, your way is without me, yeah. without my love, <clears throat> fine. There's a place for you, and there's a, there's a distinction for that. So it's just, when you yeah. say, is there an exclusive, I think it's just, Clarification. Yeah, yeah. Um, to have like a birth certificate, to have a birthright, to say that's my daddy. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's you, my son, and I think it's okay to say that. I think you're totally right. I, I'm playing the devil's advocate there. I, I think that um, a, a part of the question is how does God grow His family? Because God's building a family. God, God's, God is drawing people to Himself. Mm-hmm. And then there's this decision on the part of the individual, will I respond to that call? Will I receive Christ as Savior and enter into the family of God or not? What popped into my head a second ago, and maybe this is bonkers, but this came, this idea comes to me that God grows his family, through, use the word adoption, Jason, mm-hmm. God grows his family by abduction, uh, adoption, not abduction. God doesn't, God doesn't yank people yeah, into his family. There's not this forcible relationship between God and human beings. God um, draws us to himself, calls us to himself, but at the end of the day, he's given us a very, he's given us an important right to make that decision, yeah. to make that call. And so I think you guys are right. There's no exclusivity in the sense that God ha- has, you know, put a hand up to someone or that this call does not extend genuinely to all people, um, but it comes down to whether we decide or not. We have friends who, who've adopted children, and, um, and I just love it. There can be accidental births, mm. accidental. I mean, wanted or not wanted, it's accidental. Just happens, yeah. But adoptions are not accidental. Yeah. You have a long process. <laughs> yeah. An extensive process. An expensive process. Expensive, <laughs> too. And, and, and I think that, that truly is, is an expensive cost to yeah. adopt us into his family. Yes. There is a long, thought-out process of, mm. to say, no, I don't want you. Even and you know what I want you even though and I think that's where Romans five talks about. Uh, but while we were still sinners, God still loved us. He demonstrated His love right. by sending yeah. His Son Jesus Christ. Yeah. Hey, I, I even knew you're jacked up. I know all your deformalities, all your idiosyncrasies. But yeah. I still want you. Yeah. Right. That, that's pretty powerful. And I think you, we should be able to declare, "I am a child of God." If I truly am. Right. And it, it, I guess it, it gives more value, more weight to say I'm a child of God instead of just a flippant. Oh, I'm. Well, and that's why it's so powerful right. when Bethel sings it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, there's power in that. Yeah, it is. Um, there's a couple of great verses. I just want to make sure we get in here. John 1, 12 through 13 says, But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. Mm-hmm. They are reborn, not with a physical birth, but, sorry, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. And then we see in Galatians 3.26, for you are all children of God through faith in Jesus Christ. We have to keep that 
through faith in Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. Yeah, yeah. Um, Those who believed and accepted yeah. him, he gave the right to become children of God. The correlation between faith and adoption into God's family. Yes. You're right. Shall we talk about a doable real quick before we move on to the next myth? Yeah. Anything else do. you guys want to add? All right. A uh, little doable for this myth. So the, to, to counteract this and to deal with this, uh, we recognize the fact that not everybody's a child of God. We, we, mm-hmm. we can't read the scriptures and believe anything other than that. But all are invited to become mm-hmm. children of God. And so this week, I think a great step that we can take in recognition of the fact that all are invited, uh, we can invite somebody else. So, so think about somebody that you can invite just the simple invitation to church with you this week. Like, hey, we're doing this series. Hey, come and check out this church service with me and just just check it out and see what you think. Everybody's invited. And so I think we can reflect our Heavenly Father by taking an active role in that invitation right. process. Mm-hmm. Invite somebody into the family. That's great. It's a great step. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. All right. How about the next one, Jason? So our second myth we want to tackle today um, of the three, each of these episodes, we're tackling three myths. Uh, our second one today is God won't give you more than you can handle. Maybe you've heard that before. Maybe God won't give you anything more than you can handle. Yeah. Uh, let's bash that. <laughs> well, I, Smash. I, and I was, when you said that, I was like even thinking, I remember back then my, my teacher would say, hey, God helps those who help themselves. It's kind of like another oh, statement. Yeah, like, that. and then I look. We're tackling that myth next Bible. week. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, good. We're I won't say that. One. That's just a, a teaser. <laughs> no, a teaser. that's good. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but here, uh, I think the myth, this is a myth, right? This, yes. I just want to get the it's right It's a answer. myth. Yes. It is a myth. All right, good. good. We said bash it. <laughs> Kevin smash. Um, I think this comes down to that, I think that conversation of from trial and testing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there are trials that God puts out. And in James, which is a, a, a doable book, right? A oh, doable totally. faith book. It talks about that sometimes there are obstacles and, and hardships in life um, that God allows put in front of us yeah. and it's just strength to strengthen our faith right to to purify to to tease out all the stuff that you know we're we're working through so that our strength our faith becomes stronger yeah and uh and, it's a refiner's uh, fire kind of idea like there's uh, here it's through heat and pressure yeah. that that refinement happens saddleback yeah. we talk about faith is like a muscle you keep stretching it keep working right. at it yeah totally and uh so when you say god can't give us more than we can handle uh, I'm not sure about that. I, I know that he gives us stuff that we, I mean, what we talk about in First Corinthians 10, I think that's one of the verses you guys are going to yeah, pop mm-hmm. up. It's like, um, he can't, he's not going to give us anything more than we can handle. He's going to give us just enough. And he's going to, and, and then we have the Philippians 4. He, my God will supply all my needs according to his glorious riches. I can yeah. do all things who strengthens me in Christ Jesus. Right. So there is a, there's an out. He gives us an out. That's, I think, the important distinction yes. that you're making here. Because when we look, you, you mentioned First Corinthians 10, 13. And this is, I think, where the, the language of more than you can handle kind of comes from. Like, it's the only really biblical pinning that we can see for that idea. And it, it's actually referring to temptation. It says the temptations in your mm-hmm. life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you're tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. So the endurance comes uh, in the area of temptation by mm-hmm. by God providing a way out. That right. temptation can be escaped. And that's a... that's. We probably most of us have probably heard that taught before that the way to deal with temptation is to run from it, mm-hmm. like Joseph and Potiphar's wife, classic example, ran from her, ran from temptation, mm-hmm. and so that's the biblical model. But it is possible for people to become overwhelmed with life, or overwhelmed by temptation, or overwhelmed by just the hardships and difficulties of life when they lean on their own mm-hmm. strength and not on the strength that God provides. It's the 
it's the working in the flesh versus working in the spirit kind of idea, yes. right? So I think we've probably all been through seasons of life where we felt like that was more than we could bear. We went through a horrible time, and what God helps us do is to move through that by His power, not in our own strength. And I further add is like you know Proverbs talks about it says not to lean on your own understanding, exactly. lean on your own strength. I think yeah, many times we feel like we're alone, but I think God sends gifts. Uh, mm. Jesus was uh, he was thrown in the desert, you know, his first temptation, right? And when we talk mm. about running away, he actually, it says the Spirit threw him into the desert yeah. uh, to be tempted. I'd actually say to be trialed, to be right. tried, to be tried yeah. and tested because, like, this was the, the first moment of beginning of his ministry. And, and God was saying, wait, I'm going to affirm my son here. Yeah. He can take on Satan. For, that's yeah. like a, it's like become a Jedi, right? Uh, yeah. You got to take out the, the Sith Lord before you're a Jedi master. And right. that's what Jesus did. And he got tempted. Yeah. Trialed. And it says that, that God sent angels, friends. He sent the, the word of God. And so there are things that we have to overcome. Yes. There are spiritual friends that we, that lets us not be alone. Right. There is the word of God that Jesus used that, that helps us battle with the sword mm. of truth. And so I think there are gifts in the church. And, and I would say we may feel like we're overwhelmed, but that's why we he sends people our way. He sends yeah. troops our way. Yeah. And I think that's when we get stuck is when we feel like we have to fight this alone. Exactly. Yes. Yes. And that's why we got to do this in community. I think we I think we probably admit God may allow more in our life than we can handle, but he won't allow more than he can handle. Yeah. I think yes. that's like the distinction there is oh, are yeah, you doing that in your own power? Are you doing it according to the power of Christ and the and the power that God supplies and the resources that he gives, right? Because mm-hmm. he he, you know, there was a there was resource given to Christ when he was in the wilderness being right. tested or being tempted. Right. And as you were saying, that temptation solidified him for a greater future temptation yes. because the temptation in the garden of Gethsemane was greater than the temptation yes. in the desert. And yeah. so there was a there was a refining, a solidifying, a strengthening that Jesus the man needed to undergo yeah. in order to endure what was coming in the future. And I think um, I think that's an that's an important distinction of like, it's really a down to whose resources are you, are you depending on? Good yes. point, good point. Let's check out Philippians 4, 12 through 13. Um, this is Paul talking. He says, I know how to live on almost nothing mm-hmm. or with everything. I've learned the secret to living in every situation, whether it's with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or with little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me the strength that I need. Mm-hmm. So I think the question that we, uh, is really not about, did God give me too much? And more about, did I rely on him too little? Yeah. Did I lean on him too good, little? Good. Because, I mean, if we rely on our own strength, those resources run dry quick. Yes. <laughs> you know, like we are... Or, or we become self-dependent right. on us. And we, we well, I, why do I need God? Right. And I think that's that's where in lies the, the problem here is like, no, no, we definitely yeah. need yeah. God to be dependent on him so that totally we can right. rise up in those moments. Yeah. Jason, what's our doable on that one? Um. Okay, our doable... It, it's it goes exactly with what we were just talking about, exactly with what you were just talking about, actually, which is rely on God and look to Him for strength. If you do, there there is nothing that you cannot overcome. So mm. I think a big part of this is just it's starting to ask yourself, am I relying on God for things? Or is there areas mm. of your life that feel completely overwhelming to you right now? Yeah. If there are, talk to God about them. Ask him for guidance. Ask him for help. Lean on him in those situations. Look to scripture for answers. Look to yeah. God for answers instead of just um, approaching them from your own volition. Yeah. Um, and I think if we if, if we think and look around in life, you probably have some people around you that God has, you know, if you're connected to a good body of believers, you probably 
have examples of God being faithful to that promise right around you. Like there, there are people in my life who have gone through absolutely appalling mm-hmm. tragedy yeah. and yeah. suffering, and yet they're still here. They're still moving forward. They're still living and loving Christ through that. And it's because they have depended on him and not on themselves. Things that would have crushed a person under their own power mm-hmm. can be overcome with Christ. Yeah, and I was going to say, to go back to what you were talking about with community and the power of community, right. um, guys, it is it is a mark of a true disciple to reach out to other people as well yeah. and to ask for help and to say, yeah. you know, and to seek help from other believers. Mm. You don't have to... In fact, God doesn't want you to try to um, overcome everything by yourself. Right. Um, that's why we have the body of Christ. That's why we are the church, and we, you know, are called to care for each other and to carry one another's burdens. Mm-hmm. If you're not letting another person carry your burdens, then you're not doing what Scripture tells you. Uh, yeah. it was just bonus. These are the times when I <laughs> bonus bonus doable action here. It's like <laughs> if you don't have a spiritual mentor or a spiritual friend, hmm. someone who comes alongside you, you're not doing it right. Yeah. Um, and that's just pride or that's just shame. Yeah. And I think you said maturity is the right key here. Is that I mean doable to me? Is like, you know, whenever I run into a problem, when I'm overwhelmed, when there's a solution I can't handle. Uh, and sometimes, yeah, because I, 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 I need to verbalize. So I sometimes just reading the scripture, I'm not saying it's not enough, but like I need someone to talk me through scriptures like yeah. you guys. Yeah. We're just talking through it. We're having a conversation. Yeah. I don't, I feel safe. I feel secure. And uh, I have mentors in, in, that, in the church and outside the church that, that help me through scriptures as well. And yeah. boy, those are so much life giving. Yeah. They yeah. give so much life. And so, totally. Uh, look, if you don't, if you don't got a friend, go please. You just email address here, email address here, email. We'll be your friend, all right. Yeah. You just gotta buy us like at least McDonald's, and we'll be your friend. Send a gift card, I guess. Yeah, yeah we'll yeah. figure that out. <laughs> I think you're, I think you're totally right. And this makes me think of something because one thing we know is that there, we got listeners who are listening from far flung parts of the earth. We know you are all over the place, and a lot of you, we just did a survey, yeah. and we know that a lot of you aren't connected to a local church. And look, there's no shame for that. But what we want you to know is that you're missing out on a resource yes. that can help you get through the hardest things of life. Yes. You're 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 trying to fight with one hand tied behind your back, and you don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. So find a church near you to get connected with, or become a part of Saddleback's yeah. online community. Go to Saddleback Church right. Saddleback.com/slash/online, and and let us get to know you through that online campus. Jay Cranda, who pastors the online campus, is amazing, and he's got a team of people that'll take care of you. They'll get you in an online small group. They'll get you connected. So just make sure, you know, if you if you're in a stage of life where you feel like things are beyond your ability to endure, maybe you just need to get some help from some fellow believers. And there are ways to get connected. It's not yeah, impossible. Are. It's not no matter impossible where you at all. Just yeah. gotta let us know, guys. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Good man. Myth busted. Boom. Blamo. There we go. And we've actually kind of uh, sort of segued. We, we touched on a few things, and this is going to fit nicely in the next myth as well. Yeah. Myth number three for today, God just wants me to be happy. Attack. Uh, attack. <laughs> Sick of Yeah, right? I mean, he wants me to be rich and, <laughs> yeah. and all yeah. the things I want. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, guys, here's the thing. Uh, it's not that simple. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. not that simple, okay? Yeah. Does God want his people to be happy? In an internal sense, yes. Like, of course he, would, he, he wants you to be happy. But does God, like, want my life to be happy right now and that's it? Uh, not necessarily. Uh, and that's because exactly what we've been talking about is sometimes God puts us through a trials and tribulations and tests and things like in different areas of our life that mm-hmm. aren't happy things to go through, but they are growing our character. Uh, God is God is more... 
is is more interested in your character because that's what you take with you. That's that's growing into Christ likeness. That is what you bring with you to heaven, as Pastor Rick like uh, talks about. Mm. And um, so so it, happiness. And I, I want to hit on this because I think it's very important. There's, and I think I've talked about this before, but maybe I haven't. Happiness is different than joy, mm-hmm. and it's yeah. super important to understand. Happiness is based in the situational. It's I want to be happy in this situation, and this thing mm-hmm. makes me happy. But joy is found in Christ. Joy is found in our relationship with God and is a fruit of the Spirit. Um, so it is possible to have joy or to choose joy, as Kay would say, um, even in the toughest uh, of circumstances. Yeah. And Kay tells the story about how she was, and she, she did everything she could to choose joy in the hardest times of her life. Yeah. And it, it's not that she was happy during those times. Right. Of course not. <clears throat> we, people go through the worst possible things that you can mm-hmm. imagine. Your happiness is, it, it, it's not possible in those times, but yeah. joy still can be because our joy is found in our in our love for God, His love for us, and in yeah. the in, in the truth of eternal salvation. Yeah. Um, so, does God want you to be happy? Sure, but it's not going to be all the time. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, I love how you said it. Joy is that undercurrent. I was just I was thinking in the Bible. I mean, if you just looked it up, I know God says He wants you to have a blessed life. Um, I know God said in John 15, like, ask whatever in my name, it will be given you, and your joy will be complete. I know it's a fruit of the Spirit. I also know there in John 10, probably, he wants to give an abundant life. Mm-hmm. You know, so there are things that God promises, <clears throat> but I, I haven't heard happy life. Yeah. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. I, I think uh, fruitful, he wants us to be fruitful. Yep. So yeah. a fruitful life, meaning that there's a legacy to be built on. I think a blessed life, and now blessed according to his standards, right? Uh, mm-hmm. not when we say right. blessed, we think like, hey, I just want to be a rich millionaire, which yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. Make I, me never suffer pain and have everything that I ever want. In fact, I think, but I think he promises something different to his disciples. Like, exactly. hey, you follow me. Exactly. Oh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, pick up your cross, man, uh, <laughs> yeah. and I promise you happiness. No, no, no. Pick up your cross, and I promise you pain and torture and all that fun stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I think in the midst of all that, I think that's why Philippians was written with Paul in prison there. Mm-hmm. While he was in a cruddy situation, it was rejoice, yeah. rejoice, rejoice, yeah. even in the midst of that. You can right. see it so clearly in Paul when he lays out all the bad stuff that's happened to him, but then he says rejoice, and he talks, you know, and he approaches the, in such a way to say that, you know, is, is you can still boast for God, as you can be, you know, be glad and rejoice, but even... But it's different than happiness. Yeah. Um, you hit on the verse, so I want to make sure that we read oh, it. Oh, but in I its keep entirety. hitting on the look. I, look, I didn't read the script, guys. It's I, all I, right, baby. I, I guess we're it's just we're the spirit speaking to both of us, all of us. It's so, perfect right. flow of conversation. Well, let me let me touch on something before we go on to the to the verse, if okay. you don't mind, because uh, I think there's a there's a I think it's an important it's important for us to get something clear in our heads because I think what we're talking about here there's there's a difference between immediate happiness and ultimate happiness. Yes. Okay. Does God want His people, His children? To be happy in the ultimate eternal sense, yes, heaven is a place of eternal. I mean, it's the place where every tear is wiped away, where There's everything no is made right. There's no yes. more sorrow or sickness or pain or death. It's God has ultimate happiness in mind for us. Mm-hmm. It's the immediate happiness that we have the weirder relationship with, because I think what we have to be clear on is that God, God is good with His children becoming happy. But he doesn't want to make his kids happy at the expense of 
at the expense of goodness. Mm -hmm. He doesn't want them to have happiness at the expense of goodness or at the expense of holiness. God is trying to, God's desire is more for us to become good than to become happy. Mm -hmm. And I think we have to recognize that there is a process, as as we talked about earlier, of refinement going Mm -hmm. on here that won't always be fun in the moment. Yes. I think if you look at the example of Jesus, if you ask Jesus, stuck a microphone in Jesus's face in the Garden of Gethsemane as he's, you know, as he's bleeding, basically (laughs) sweating blood, uh, are you happy right now? I think you don't need to ask that question because the answer is no. Well, you got to the point, like, if we could, take it away. Like, I I don't want this pain, or I don't want to go through this separation, this suffering. Yes, good point. And, you know, and guys, I just want to know, it's more than positive self-talk. This is, I know right now, clinical psychology says, oh, if you wish things to be good, it's going to be good. No, no, no. Joy is a, like you said, a constant state. It's the undercurrent. And uh, and I and like how you said it, because of the fall of, because of sin, things are going to be cruddy and we have to recognize that. But yeah. when it's perfect and made new again, happiness, I, I would imagine, is going to be completely fulfilled yeah. in heaven with our Father when and we we'll, are reunited with Him. And we'll know that it was a hard process well worth it. Yes. yes. I mean, that's the, let, let's go on to these verses because we're going to, we're going to get into more of how, yeah, the way of Christ we got, we'll touch on that. We got a bunch more. of great verses. Go ahead. So we want to make sure we get it. Matthew 16, 24 to 26 says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. Mm. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but you lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? Mm. That's what we were talking about with goodness, right? Mm. Um, and so, yeah. So, so, so the way of Christ is to sacrifice short-term gratification in order to gain eternal glory. Mm. Um, we got a couple other verses here. I want to I want to hit Romans eight uh, sixteen through eighteen says, "For His Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children, and since we are His children, we are His heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory." But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. Mm. The truth of suffering is is evident. It's it's there. It's told you will suffer. Mm -hmm. Christ suffered. You will suffer. And then Matthew 6, 33 says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Seek the kingdom, live righteously. Those are the calls. So we talked about Jesus in, in the garden, and this, this, these kind of encapsulate, there's this idea that you just read in Romans of us, if we're going to share in his glory, we got to share in his suffering. Yeah. And, and it was, it was Jesus' ability to look ahead to future glory is what gave him the wherewithal mm-hmm. to suffer through the, there was a finite pain that he was willing to endure for an infinite glory. And it's that, you just made the point a second ago about the way of Christ is to sacrifice short-term gratification in order to gain the eternal thing, the eternal glory, the eternal value, and we have to—we've got to be willing to enter into that with Christ. We can't—we can't. Jesus said, "No one is greater than their master." You know, we can't expect to get better treatment than our master right. did. Right? Well, I mean, look, guys, we can see this in a microcosm. The perfect analogy here is: think of the Olympics, the World Cup that we're watching. I mean, that's years of training, of yeah. sacrifice, of pain. Right. I mean, like, yeah. I don't know if you guys like doing like a thousand sit-ups or running and uh, waking up every morning. I mean, even uh, yeah. uh, who's that swimmer, the gold medalist, the all-time Phelps. Michael Phelps. I mean, Phelps, you, have yeah. you seen what he does for training? <laughs> yeah, it's insane. But then you see the elation of winning that gold medal. 
Yeah. Like none of us know what that feels like because we never want a goal, you know, but I, I it just I imagine that. I've never even sat in the bleachers. Joy, the <laughs> yeah. Now he is uh, immortalized forever. Yeah. And I, I think there's that short term sacrifice sacrifice for that right. long-term gain and yeah and that and that's that simple joy you see on their faces now when i say simple it's not simple they like they it's have like a lot of the pain. culmination of life. four yeah. years eight years of that pain mm-hmm. yeah um but you know he is now forever one of the greatest olympians ever yeah well, you know what's cool about that the point you're making too i love is, is that in the case of the olympian they go through all that suffering for the hope of yeah. getting the goal. yeah just just the hope yeah. of it right but for us, it's promised. It's a guarantee. I'm a gold it's, medal, man. Like it's you. You are assured that yeah. the the glory, the goodness, the the fulfillment of all those mm-hmm. desires will be given. Um, you just have to be willing to 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 enter into the process, and and I think that's the beauty. Like they do it like. And and honestly, they got a tiny chance just of ever play. getting what they're just hoping play, for. Right. But it, for us, it's promised. So like, what Good. more could we want, man? Like, we can get through this. We can trust God to supply all that we need to get through the toughest things of life, and we can lean on His promise for eternity. Good point, man. All right, uh, let's wrap up with a, a doable on this one as we wrap up this myth. The the does God just want me to be happy myth? Uh, and the doable is spend your life seeking to become like Jesus and look forward to eternal happiness in the future. Yeah. And I know that's a bit of an ethereal one. I have an ant on my microphone. We no, have I don't. Here. Right. <laughs> yeah, man. He's Studio, gone. Crushed you know. him. Gone. Gosh. Yeah, they can't tell from the backdrop, but we're in a cave. <laughs> ants. Um, anyway, I, this kind of sounds like an ethereal one. Like, okay, spend my life you know, trying to become like Jesus and look to eternal glory. But I think we can bring that down really practically. Just think... I'm going to be faced with some decisions today. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be faced with some decisions to do the easy thing or to do the hard thing, yeah. to do the easy thing that ha- is worthless or do the hard thing that will produce something good right. in me. I can choose how I will relate to the people around me. I'll choose to make myself a servant rather than trying mm-hmm. to yank the crown and the authority onto my own head. I can choose to surrender to Jesus in these decisions yeah. rather than just doing whatever feels right to me. Right. And so I think we, we've got to look at every choice as a fork in the road to make mm-hmm. the decision to, to defer our gratification and let God be the supplier of, of our ultimate happiness or to try to take it for ourselves. Right. And in so doing, we yeah. miss out. Mm-hmm. You know, when Jesus talks about the Pharisees and how they would try to, you know, they would say their prayers publicly and loudly and all this right. stuff, uh, the, he makes a really important statement there. He says, they've received all the recognition they will ever receive. They've gotten their reward in full. So in order to get something temporary, they gave up something that could have been eternal. And we've got we've to improve our perspective as, as followers of Christ. Anything else you guys want to add before we wrap it up? No, man, my cell phone didn't blow up. I mean, hey! Myth busted on that one. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel good. I actually feel very uh, blessed, not happy. Oh, good. I'm full of joy right now. Blessed in the fuller uh, sense. No, yeah. I, I just, just want you to know, guys, these topics that you guys are bringing up, these these are stuff that I always get when I'm on the patio or when I'm at church yes. after service. I get these questions all the time, and I love mm-hmm. what you guys are doing. We're taking the time to just examine Scripture see what God actually said yeah, and not some hearsay stuff or like, I think I said this or I heard this on, on the internet or on yeah. Facebook. Uh, Oprah just, said it. Yeah. Oprah, yeah. <laughs> whoever said it. Right. And, yeah. and you guys, you guys are doing a good job of that. And I, and I, I, I just encourage all those who are listening. Um, you know, uh, this is a gift. Just mm. these guys are gifts. This podcast is a gift uh, for us to understand scripture, to tease it out in a conversational mm. way. It's not that hard. We read a couple passages. We didn't read like, we didn't spend a five hour treatise on, you know, on, yeah. on, on happiness. <laughs> 
But this yeah. was good sound bites that I can take back. Uh-huh. I can chew on and let the spirit do the rest of that to, to let it soak in. And hmm. and I just really appreciate you guys doing that. Thanks, Especially dude. for all those, Thanks, bl- all those people out there who, who are sitting in, I don't know, where. what's the farthest country we have? We, we have like, anybody oh, dude, in Antarctica I mean, yet? Uh, Antarctica, I don't know. I don't <laughs> think there's a lot of Wi-Fi hotspots down there. Philippines, <laughs> where I just we, got the Philippines, we got them in the Philippines, we got them in India, we got them all over okay. every continent, right. except I think Antarctica, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you're watching online, we're Jason and I are now blushing. Thank you, Kevin. That's kind of you to say. Um, dude, thanks for joining us, man. Yeah. You, you, helped, you, were, you provided a great perspective on these myths. Uh, here, final it. myth: If I had bad theology, just ignore what I said. Just listen to <laughs> yeah. these guys; they have the script. I was just going off the cuff. Ah, <laughs> uh, don't worry; they've already commented. <laughs> their correction. It's already been written. It's already All been right, said. Uh, I won't see you guys again. They won't invite me back. <laughs> that is not true. Thanks for coming, dude. Thanks. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. You know we love you. We'll see you next time. If you're a podcast listener and you enjoyed this episode consider giving us a rating or a review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. And if you're thinking, hey, listening's great, but is there a way I can watch these episodes? Yeah, there is. Subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for video versions of these conversations, plus lots of other video content. And if you're already watching us on YouTube, subscribe to the podcast so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Lastly, you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com. Send us your thoughts, send us your questions, your Bible questions, your life questions, whatever. Who knows, your question just might inspire an upcoming episode. Thanks again for tuning in to Doable Discipleship. I'm Doug Jones, and I hope you'll join us again next week.